That song you just heard was Are You In by Bobo R- <laughs> Ruthless Flaw. You know what? I'm sorry. I wish I knew how, to, how it was pronounced. So I'm going to say Bo- just Bobo. Yeah, Bobo. Uh, but yeah, you can get that song on Soundstripe.com. And Soundstripe.com is the only place to go where you can get the best in licensed music for or music for you to license to use in anything you want a blog vlog cooking video unboxing video rapping video whatever you want to use it for you can get music for any of your needs at soundstripe.com and mike tell them how they can save some money well they can save some money by using all that talks 10 at checkout and you can get 10 percent off your first month subscription the best part is you can just get unlimited music license it whenever you want use it for whatever you want and just have a great time yeah, so that was our song. How are you doing today, Mr. Michael Hampton? Well, I was really rocking out to Bobo there. Bobo, uh, I'm going to look forward to looking up some more Bobo. <laughs> yes, and uh, let me ask you something else. Do you think that song fits our next guest? I do. I think our next guest uh, likes to, as he says, RTFO, which uh, stands for Rock the Fuck Out. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and introduce our guest, the legendary, the impeccable, the, the amazing, the wonderful, the pizza-flipping master, the one and only, Grim. Thank you. Glad to be here. I, I don't feel like I live up to that, but I'll, I'll take it. I think you live up to it. I think we both know you live <laughs> up to it. Grim, uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, man. I'm glad to be out here and be in the shop. I haven't been here before. This is great. Yeah, for those, who, you guys. for those who don't know, we record. Where do we record, Mike? I'll let you be the one to talk about it. Most of the time, when it permits, we record in our shop, in our Bart Bridge shop, in a beautiful uh, Rockridge area of Oakland. And uh, what we do is here is we sell our hats, artwork, our, our camo jackets, prints, stickers, pretty much everything that, that we do on the artistic level we sell here in the shop. And uh, right next door is our Oakland Art Library. So uh, when we can record here, we love to. Yeah, this is great. I, I feel really relaxed in here. It's yeah. such a it's such a chill vibe too, right? Very chill. It's a vibe that's so unique and different. And I think uh, no other podcast that I listen to, maybe you guys too, has that same vibe. So let's go, as the words of Grim, let's rock the fuck out. Let's get this started. Let's rock the fuck out, baby. For Grim, life. tell me. Where does it start for you? Where does the music journey start for you? Oh man, what a story, man! I've been I've been producing music since shit, Mike. What I started making tracks in what ninety seven, legitimately? You think? I would say that maybe my, my first beat ninety seven. I mean, you know, I met you in uh, the year of our Lord nineteen ninety nine, and you had already been making uh, instrumentals for your friends, and so. You tell me how far it goes back. We started off. We started off with a. Uh, All right, so go ahead and continue your story. Where does it begin? You said ninety-eight, ninety-nine. You met him, and then you're about to. We were just talking about how uh, ninety-seven. I probably was making my first beat. This was probably on some thirty-dollar keyboard. It's like some Casio. Nice. And we thought it was the coolest thing. You know what I mean? When you're when you're like sixteen, seventeen years old, your perception of music is so different than how it is as you get older you know you think you think uh the simplest things are so huge you know let right, alone huge tracks so it, it was just a funky time and it was interesting and roughly how old were you at this point uh, i'm 39 no at that point oh <laughs> you at were this point oh at that, at that point. point sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was uh i was probably 16 17 years old when i started getting my hands on keyboards and stuff like that and um, okay so 
Uh, over 20 years, right? I, uh, I, was, I, was, I was introduced to a good friend named Andrew. He goes by the name of Seven. This was back in high school. And uh, he was a phenomenal rapper. And we just started putting our stuff together. And it's a long story. I'll try to make it brief. But, no, take uh, your time. Say what you basically, want. Basically, <laughs> uh, met up with Mike Campton, Captain Asshole, uh, through Andrew. So it was one of those things where the, the mojo and the energy was starting to get big because we were starting to realize, okay, we're making songs and we've got rappers and we've got beats and we've got concepts, you know, and so you start to get addicted to that, well, that I, I, groove. I would always say, you know, me being, I was into rapping before I met you. Right. And I had worked with a few other people who, who make beats, as, as you would say, uh, back then. And the difference when I met you was that you had a background in music. Like, you learned to play the piano at a young yeah. age. So there was definitely a difference in working with you as opposed to just working with some of these people that I met who just, quote-unquote, make beats, sure. right? Sure. So how did, your, how did your growing up learning how to play the piano reflect in the music you were making, at, even at a young age? Uh, that's, that's a really good question. I think, uh, I think just tonally... Yeah. You know, you start to hear how things need to go. Um, I was playing Mozart and Beethoven and things like that as a kid. As I got older, I'm like, you know what? I'm tired of playing other people's songs, you know, even though they're classic composers and stuff like that. You start to get into what can I take from what I learned and turn it into something new and fresh, you know, and mixing with the hip hop element and so forth. Moving forward, I start to do genre blending and all this kind of stuff now, so... Tonally, I think it helps. If you understand tone and you understand like key signature and things like that, you start to understand like what goes together and what doesn't. You're not just hunting and pecking and making a bunch of noise. So before we continue, I just want to reintroduce a new feature that we had. What that feature is, uh, we introduced it a few weeks ago. It's going to be live right now. Jeff, it's time for Jeff's Comedy Minute. Not to take away the spotlight from Grim, but it just adds a little humor and fun to it. So, Grim, Let's, if you don't I love mind. It. I love Jeff. Get over here, Jeff. Jeff, come on in real quick. Uh, can you hand him the mic real quick, yes. sir? Yeah, Jeff, here you go. Jeff, go ahead and take that mic. Bring oh, it. So this thing on. Hey, guys, how's it going? So I bought these shoes from a drug dealer once. I don't know what those things were laced with, but they had me tripping. Oh! <laughs> God, I almost fell out of my chair. <laughs> That's going to be throughout the night. Get ready. Get ready. Uh, it's a, just a little, like, nice little treat to put it in there. Uh, thank you, Jeff. Yeah, that. Jeff, thank you. Uh, Mike, did you appreciate that? I did. I mean, I'm still thinking about it. Yeah, yeah it's, amazing. it's amazing. It's amazing. It's um, amazing. So. There's a lot to It's very much. Yeah. Uh, Grim, so when you're talking about like music and stuff like that, back in those days, what were the the influences that got you into music? Uh, like as uh, far as like music you've listened to, music you may have heard from your friends, like what made you get into that? Uh, it's it's hard to pick favorites. I, I'm a, but I will say this: like I was a '90s hip hop head, and we had basically every '90s hip hop record um that that you could find i mean i might have slipped up on a couple of them but like we were we were diehard hip-hop and mike was hip-hopping pretty hard uh sev was hip-hopping pretty hard so originally i was a hundred percent hip-hop what like what were some of the albums you were listening i was to into you know I'm a, I'm a west coast kid so all my west coast stuff dre cypress uh all that stuff even the local sacramento stuff um hieroglyphics to Dell the Hummel, Hummel, funky homo sapien, all that stuff. Nice. You know? But 
it was addictive. I mean, that's that's what that's what the times were doing then. And and if you really love hip hop, '90s hip hop was where it was at. It just had that. Mm-hmm. It just had that spice. It had that realness and rawness to it. And uh, one thing we forgot to mention is that you are, I guess you would say you are a Sacramento musician. I've been, I was born in Sac. I've been pretty much in Sac most of my life. So 916 represent. 916 represent. Sacramento Kings. Sacramento Kings. Baby. What's up? Let's go. One day, one day they will make it. They'll we were, make it. We were there. We were almost there in 04. The draft. <laughs> that was a long uh, time ago, bro. <laughs> but uh, hey, Sac man. Town never back down. Yeah, man. But if you like the Bills, you still hang in there. So it's just one of them things. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. But well, yeah, so we yeah we were doing a lot of hip hop in, in answer to that. Oh, awesome. Uh, now fast forward to now, or I guess not fast forward to now. Let's actually go ahead and get a little back into the history still. So you two know each other obviously for years, right. and you guys met each other when you guys are you were how old when you met him? <laughs> yeah, we met. I think about it was '99, so I was a, a young, fresh 19. Okay, and then you yeah. were like what? He's a year younger. I was a year younger. Oh, okay. Than so you were still okay. Gotcha. He went to my high school. He, I think you were two years ahead of me in high school. I was, a, I was too cool for you in high school. You were just way too cool for me. You You're still way too cool for you him. You couldn't sit him. Like I went up to him in high school and I was like, "Hey, what's up?" And he just pushed me on the ground. I, I said, "Yeah." I said, uh, <laughs> "Yeah." And then I just What'd you say? Away. What'd you say? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> Um, yeah what a dick so you guys met each other back in those days and then when did you guys start making music together pretty much right away right well i found out i found out through andrew that mike was doing cassette tapes so they what these guys were doing wait hold on hold on what is a cassette tape real quick i don't even remember (laughs) but this was really really interesting to me because i mean you know we we call it ghetto rig and stuff but like when you take tapes and you, I mean, you'd probably be better at explaining it where you would take the vocals into like, a, I mean, these guys were taking vocals into like a karaoke machine with an instrumental on the other tape and then recording to that tape and then taking that tape and then recording over that tape with, with layers. And, and I was just sitting there young, as a young kid, you're like, wow, these guys are doing stuff. You know, I mean, hindsight, it's just ridiculous. But yeah, we, yeah, we, we basically f- find ways to make a studio out of, uh, a karaoke machine and Radio Shack mics and a Radio Shack uh, keyboard. Yeah, you know, like the, you know, we were. I mean, we we were just kids, right? But we we found a way to to rep to represent what we wanted to do and to make tapes in my bedroom uh, in my mom's house where where we were living. Yeah, and I think that I think the real overall point is is you you have a group of people who have all this ambition and energy, and you want to get it out, and you're. And no matter what the quality is, you're excited to get it out. You know, when you when you think the term studio, you're just like, yeah, we're going to do this. You know, it's like it's a thing, you know, and you're not really concerned about the quality in that time zone. As you get older, you start to look at quality and you start to go, "Okay, I need to make some adjustments, you know, but that's something that's something to think about in the birth of something. It's really interesting. Yeah, I think you're right because even like with the births of like Uncle Dad, right? It's the same idea. It's like when we like right. I just want to get it out there. Let's just do it. Let's just yeah. You know, people might like it, people might not, and you know, it seems like people like it. So I I I totally understand what you're saying yeah. right there. Yeah. Um, but when that point comes, you know, I know that you you credit age for giving you Captain A Hole, right? That's right. So when does Captain A Hole come to life with him? Well, well, wait. Who, first of all, who was your original rap name? <laughs> oh, there's a different there's a different rap. Oh name. yeah, he's got he's got a whole other personality. So do so did I. I mean, we're all we've all grown at this well, point. But hold on, can I guess? Because was it a 
You told me once, I think. I did. You told me a couple times, actually. I can't. You did. You're not paying attention. Well, dude, every time he tells me, we're pretty drunk. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, when I now. when I first started rapping, <laughs> rapping, rapping, rapping paper, presents, rapping presents. Yeah, <laughs> working at Macy's, rapping presents. Yogi, wrap it up. My name. Yes, that's Yogi. right. Yogi, yeah. Yogi Bear. Yeah, Yogi Bear. Um, and then yeah, Captain At. You know, I don't know. Back then, a lot of the rappers or people who rapped and considered themselves rappers, a big thing was to have an alias or an AKA. You right. know, like uh, E40 was Charlie Hustle, or uh, mm-hmm. you know, is that true? Uh, Method Man was what was his. Uh, Johnny Blaze. John, yeah, exactly. So I, actually, like I actually didn't know that. Yeah, so yeah. everybody had like three personas. It was it, it yeah. was like three AKAs or something. And, and my name Yogi came from tagging because I used to be a tagger, and so I would tag Yogi. Hold on, can you explain what that is real quick? Tagging? A tagger. Well, it's <laughs> when you write graffiti on the wall, in a, it's illegal. But, <laughs> but it's, it's it. an art form, but it's yeah. illegal. It's a, it's one of the uh, pillars of what of, of hip hop. Right? I agree. I agree. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah. I. I I would say uh, when I first met Grimm and we were doing music, I was Yogi and would throw in the Captain Asshole name here and there. And then eventually, about 2000, 2001 is when I was full Captain. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and, that, and, and at that point, we started, we, started ma- we started saying, hey, you know, we're not going to make instrumentals or instrumental tapes with these other guys' beats and some of these instrumentals you would get that were from other beat makers and stuff. We were like, hey, let's make our own beats. Right. So we got this keyboard. I think if I remember correctly, it was the Yamaha DJX. Wow. And it was a little bit of an upgrade. We thought it was this huge deal, but it cheap keyboard. But it actually let us sample and do some have six tracks recording and blah, blah, blah. Nice. We actually produced a whole album on this thing. And people were like, you didn't do that on that. And we're like, yeah, we did. Really? People so you guys produced the, us. the Captain the Captain Halo album on that? The first one. We, well, first we did our, our Halo. Which Halo our album. Group. We had a group, and it was called Halo Crew. And so first thing we did was release our Halo album. And then uh, and that was in 2000. And then two years later, I released my first Captain A-Hole album. What's fascinating about this, now these older tracks, the Halo and stuff like that, is there any way to listen to them on Spotify or, or SoundCloud? Uh, the Halo album's not, but uh, it, what it should be. But the, 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 all my Captain A-Hole stuff is, if you look up Captain Asshole on Spotify... And SoundCloud, I believe, but Spotify, I've got the whole discography. This is also something, guys. Just keep in mind. I mean, these, this is this is a point in our in our music career where the audio quality is not as professional as it's really kind of supposed to be. But as a, as for what it is and 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 the energy and the vibe, I mean, the truth is, is we had a group. We had like a nine crew team that was excited and motivated and ready to do this. And so that energy was very powerful. And and you got to look at that. Now that crew that you're talking about, do they still, do you guys still make music together or no? No. No, I would say that was, that was a, that was a very young period of our life where we had a, we had a pretty uh, motivated team, but it just, you know how life is. People start having kids, people get married Things right. trickle out. Not only that, but we're evolving. Yeah, we're changing. You're evolving. We're all changing. And then yep. we started getting into the Captain Asshole stuff yep. and all this kind of crap. Okay. Uh, from my understanding, our beautiful guest, Grim, brought something for us to listen to. Yeah, but real quick, before we listen to that, I just oh, want to touch on one quick thing. Please go ahead. So there's a little bit more to the sandwich. Oh, there's more to the sandwich. So 
Let's hear about the sandwich. Well, because because at that point in 2002, when I started doing songs with Mike, I finally got on the radio in Sacramento as a DJ. Oh. Yeah, I went by another name. I went by DJ Lotus. That's an old persona. I like it. But I was a drum and bass DJ on Quad 106.5 in Sacramento, and we had the late night show, and we had we had a lot of listeners. I, I got clocked at 100,000 listeners one night. It was wow. super adrenaline rush. Uh, it was great. We did that for like six years up into 08. And and during all that time, Captain's doing his his own stuff, which yep. is which is hip hop. But at that point, you're starting to see a lot of this like hybriding the genres and changing the sounds. And let's not make it so much just a hip hop category. And that's where I started to to go. This is the kind of music I want to make, you know. So there was some maturity there. Like you know, I, I want to make what I want to hear. I want to hear all this stuff going on in a song instead of just one spotlighted sort of genre does that make sense that makes a lot of sense actually yeah so with that being said we we started doing a lot of that music and then as time has gone on i've morphed into uh the rtfo sound which is i want to get into that and that's a whole nother section yeah so uh let's hear some captain because you got some classic captain for us yes so me and captain have been working on some stuff and i'm excited about it so let's go ahead and listen to something real quick while you listen to that we're gonna listen to it here and we'll be right back in a second to listen to my song, come and get it. I'm the one who is sitting on your lawn. Are you with it? Don't forget it. I'm the one making the songs about how you hate, how you hate your job, how you hate to wait. Can you relate? Of course you can. It's bullshit, man. I'm preaching like a Mormon man, and I don't even understand why we keep taking orders. And it's time for us to wait. Do not wait. Sit it straight. Trip it one day and put the bag on your face. What's your dream? I'm sure it's not to be seen behind the counter. What do you see? All the things. That you demount up. Fuck that shit. Let's get ratchet. Grim, play it back quick. Everybody get back shit. And lately I've been crazy. I just got in a Mercedes. Thinking about my life again. Who the hell are these ladies? Thinking maybe y'all get shady. And it's time for me to stop. Gotta get it. Gotta get it. Gotta get it. Gotta get it. All right, uh, that was fun. So go ahead. What, where was the difference from this now, uh, now to back in the day with the music you used to make with with Mike? Well, listening to that song right there, I mean, we've me and Mike have always had this sort of playful sort of energy in our songs. That song right there had more of like a, a heavier trap bass to it. Um, I've been as a DJ, I've gotten into more of like a trap heavy bass sound. I asked Mike if he wanted to start getting involved in that, and he said, yeah, let's do it. And so that's kind of what you just heard. And I do like stuff heavy, and I do like stuff big. And I I was always like, hey, Mike, is this okay? And he's like, yeah, let's do it. And I'm like, all right, let's roll. And that's what you just heard. So you said you asked Mike that, but um, Mike, are you not really into that kind of more modern sound? Or are you just an old man? What, what Really how it's gone, and it's gone kind of like this on every album that we've done since you know the early 2000s, was Grimm would kind of bring something to me, and it would almost in a way it would push me to like try something different and try something new. Because he's he's constantly evolving and and, and turning in new music and he was doing he was uh, DJing drum and bass for a long time and 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 through the different albums he's bringing these new sounds to me so it it was like a challenge to me to meet h- how he was bringing the music so that we they could they could come together so each album you can hear that I done with him you could hear a, a progression in the sound the quality and the the technical part of of the music yeah 
And that's and that and that D and B DJing had a lot to do with the transition on that radio station of of saying, hey, you know what, hip hop is great, but I also like a lot of EDM. I also like a lot of industrial. I also like a lot of metal. I also like a lot of these things. As I'm as I'm kind of identifying myself as a producer, and then Mike is kind of seeing that too, and and he, you know, it was cool. It was cool because. He was just like, "Hey, let's 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 visit that. Let's try that," and we did, and it, we like it. And then it's like a big birthday party when the song comes out. What is it like to record with your friend? <laughs> yeah, what's it like to record with me? <laughs> because, like, you know, obviously you and I do this, right? But we do it in a sense where it's just talking, right? So it's easy, right? It's just, hey, you and I just chatted up, and that's it. Now we'll go to the future in a little bit, but just back in the day, what was it like being two young kids? talking about or you know making music together and really especially back then there was less avenues to get your music out there right like you didn't have a soundcloud you didn't have there was none of that spotify you didn't have no, you know you have no way to really distribute your music other than out there hustling right so i mean there's big chances where it really just would be just for you guys to hear right? right but what was that feeling like of just working with your pal making music back in those days when the internet really wasn't a thing i mean i would say like yeah yeah we'd get we get in the in the room and and get the beat playing and it it was actually really exciting because you know here we are young and creating our own music kind of creating our own art and then putting it on on a on a CD eventually and then getting the CDs in the stores and then just having that hard copy CD so it was all it was a lot of fun obviously we 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 had a lot of fun doing it but also like I felt like we were so different than than most people we were meeting, right? Yeah, I mean we had a we had a hybrid team of, you know, we had white dudes, we had brothers, we had Asian homies. I mean, we had we had a we had a big dynamic. Yeah, yeah we had a big dynamic. It was cool. It was cool. It was just different. You know, we were bringing something to the table. We were like a Sacramento Wu-Tang Clan. I mean, it was just with a different Sacramento twist. Sacramento Wu-Tang yeah. Clan. It was a different that's, twist. That's it was a felt, totally yeah. different twist. I actually love that that reference. That is amazing. Sacramento. So who was Meth Man in the group? I mean, we didn't really look at it like that. But <laughs> like, everybody had their own certain style, like, you know, like their crew. And it was it was interesting to, to bring to the beats I was making. It was just, yeah, I mean, it was... It, when you're, well, but you got to remember when you're young and you're in that energy, it's so fun. Well, it's like, and and what would happen is 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 especially when 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 Grim would make one of these beats on the on the newer uh, keyboard that he referenced. When some when there would be one that was so hot and he would play it, everyone would be like, "Oh, save that for me. Oh, that's mine. Oh," and, and then he'd make a certain one. He's like, "I'm saving this for so and so." Now this one's whoever you know. And it's like if you were around when the beat got made and it was hot. And if you happen to be at the house when it, when it got made, then you were lucky enough to get on it. And if you didn't, then, well, that's, then you're, that's your problem. You have to deal with that in your own time. Yeah. But it, it was so exciting to be, like, around when, like, the new hot track The new came hot out. track like, came out, yeah. Let's go record and it, this. And it's still like that to this day. Like, when I'm in the studio to this day and there's a new little fireball that's born, it's like you'll always have that addiction of just like, oh, let's just murder this one and make it the new thing. And then... When you're done with that one, it's on to the next. It's just, it's, a, it's like a fun little game. I, what I really appreciate is the friendship that you guys have because it's like you're talking about these memories of like, oh, it was like this, it was like that. And I think that's kind of beautiful. And I think in music in general, when you think of like duos, right, you think of like, you know, it's so-and-so and their producer, right? Like it's so-and-so and that person, right? 
And I think that's something that's always missed in a lot of music. And uh, the fact that you guys have that, I think is quite wonderful. And I think transitioning to the world of like, you know, from the back in the day way of making music to the way it is now, it must be such a, I don't want to say like a life-changing experience, but a very different experience to make music now, right? Than how it used totally. to be back then. Um, would you, in your mind, Grim, would you say that it's much easier now or more difficult because there's more content out there? Uh, I think the competition is is crazy. I think it's things have gotten a lot more saturated. Studio gear has gotten cheaper. Everybody can have a studio. Everybody can make a, a so-called song. I think at the, I think the way I look at things now and, and what you really got to look at is, do you have the vision? Do you have the ingredients? Did you do the work to get the vision and get, you know what I mean? You got to have that part. That's the bottom line. But what is the work to get there? Trial and error, falling off the bike, you know, getting back up again, playing a, playing a song you think is huge for a group of people and they think it sucks. That, that's incredible, incredibly well said. You know, I mean, there's times where I, I'm like, this is the hottest thing in the world. And I go and play it for X amount of people. And I'm sadly mistaken. You know what I mean? It's just, that's, the, that's part of life. And I've definitely been there too. I, you know. Right. You get, uh, just it's, because you can make a song doesn't mean you should make the song. And that's artists in general. Like artists think their stuff is, is amazing sometimes. And I think, I think it's an argument. It's like, I think be an artist, but at the same time, like, how do you how do you communicate and touch base with people? I think that's always the hard part. Even like in our medium, that's podcasting, it's like how do you connect to the audience? You know, like we started as a comic book podcast, right? Yeah. And now we're kind of breaking apart of that. You know, I've had actors on the show, I've had uh, social media influencers on the show. Now we have mu- musicians on the show, and yeah. you know, you're not going to be the, the la- you're not going to be the one and only. We're going to get know. more. And it and it's like how do you connect? I think you connect by always trying to do something unique different and just speak to everybody and i think that goes back to the earlier question is like i got tired of just doing what everyone else is doing and so when you when you hear our when you hear our music on the show tonight you gotta you gotta look at the hybriding and and the the message and the strategy of how i i I like to produce because it's it's something i like to hear as a listener i want to hear this as a listener what i'm making I feel and I feel confident about how it touches base with people because our music is super about, you know, wake up and, and jump up and get your shit together, you know, and rock the hell out. Oh, totally. And, and that's like the, the idea of Captain A-Hole in general, right? Like he's the, he's the voice inside of us. Yeah. The voice that we don't want to say, but you know. But he'll say. He'll say it for you, right? Yeah. It's like, fuck that. Fuck this. It's like, yeah, totally. And Mike, even though I know we, we discussed this in the past episodes that you're, you're not the same person as you were when Cap no, became. not at all. But I still think it's good that you're out there speaking for the people who don't want to speak. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, as you get older, you kind of mature, but you speak it in a more uh, intentional wisdom way as opposed to just kind of more like fuck the world kind of way that we all have when we're younger, you know, and like hip hop is also very punk music. Like, you know, it's like F the system, like it's like answer back to everything else. And so, you know, when you're younger, you got a way different energy. And then as you get older, you get wiser and you hope that your message can be delivered in a more intentional way. Absolutely. But before we continue, it's that time again. It's Jeff's comedy minute. Jeff, come on down. A shout out to the sidewalks, huh, for keeping me off the streets. Oh! <laughs> that was a good one. Thank that you. was a yeah. super good one. Thank you for that. He's got him. 
Jeff is the voice of reason. He's going to become the unsung hero of Uncle Dad shows. There's a reason we keep him around. So what I really appreciate about you guys is um, just continuously the connection. And, you know, people say the reason why baby Gabe and I did such a great job doing the show is because of the because of the the chemistry the reason why me and you do such a great job in the show mike is because of the chemistry and i think the reason why your guys's music sounds so special and you know i use the word beautiful a lot but it is very beautiful in some some, some respect and it is because of the chemistry right because it's 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 two brothers hanging out having a good time you know we know each other since whatever and it's like we want to represent ourselves and fuck it like even if people didn't like to listen to it you guys like it and i think that's what matters and i think in music in general, especially in hip-hop, in my opinion, that's missing a lot because it's like, now, you know, we, everything has a trap bass, trap drum, whatever, whatever. And it's like, yeah, it's just to make money, right? But it's the fact that you guys make music. Not, I mean, I don't want to say to make money because obviously everybody wants to make money. But it's, it's more from the love than anything else. Because I think, I will, correct me if I'm wrong, Grim, but I think that you want to see your brother succeed as much as you want to see him succeed. And I think that's where the, the chemistry comes into play when you make music. Love, love has always got to be there, but new first, then the money. You know what I mean? So you can't just wake up and go, you know, I'm hoping to get a million dollars off. The, like you, that'll come if you have the formula, if you have the energy, you have the new, the new thing, you know? New anything sells. If, if the new big thing is kind of, it's, it's like inventions. It's like you just got to, whoever's new and hot, is the new thing it's it's just that's just how life works yeah well and, and to touch on like the, the chemistry like i've been doing songs with with grim for so long that when we do get in the studio like we have been uh a bit lately we it's almost like we just fall right into place he's making the the music i'm writing the songs before you know it i'm walking out of there with a song that's almost ready to go and, and we just we just snap right into it just a worldwide hit, you know, in a matter of, you know, it's just like a whirlpool to go with what he was saying. Like, it is, it is like that. You know, we've been making music for so long. The chemistry part of making songs is real big, super big. If that chemistry's not there, it's, it's, it's just the, the, music will, the music will tell the truth. And that's what I love about music. Music tells the truth. It tells the truth of what it really is. And, and that never lies. And I love that. And it'll always be like that. Grim, when we're talking about like, you know, where the music is going, where it's heading and stuff like that. And um, I guess we'll get to, to you and him in a little bit. But at, at this time, after you guys make the music and you guys are connected, you guys are making these albums here and there, when does your next project come into play? Uh, as far as me and Captain or me and... You personally. My music. RTFO is, is slowly getting off the ground. Um, now, what is RTFO? Explain that to us. RTFO is, is a concept of rock the fuck out. It's... The, the my wingman uh, B Lit is not here to join us tonight, but he is the guy that I I ride with. Can one day he join us? Absolutely. Awesome. We just got to awesome. we just got to get it all mapped out. But he, uh, he and I are doing sort of a um, double duo, back and forth sort of hybrid sound. You know how like Run the Jewels has that back and forth. I'm actually glad you said Suicide that. Suicide Boys has that back and yep. forth. Uh-huh. You know, me and me and B kind of do the same thing, but we do it with our twists, a lot of hybriding and a lot of. Heavy, heavy trap bass with a lot of industrial elements, metal elements. Basically, just get up off the ground and go music, you know? And that's, that's basically what our music's about. So now, to my understanding, you also brought some RTFO. I did. Okay. Did. We, just got our, we just got our new track on Spotify, Turn the Dial Up. Super excited about it. We've been getting a lot of good feedback on it. I'm, I'm excited to, to finally get that out there. 
Okay. Well, let's go ahead and listen to that, and we'll be right yeah, back. Let's rock out. Listen to this is RTFO. Turn the dial up with me and B Lid. All right, let's go. I, I just I love the the sound that you have now, and I just I wonder like for you what was the the the, the major transition point from going to such a hip hop sound into this new sound that you have with the RTFO? Uh, I mean, I just think it's it's just years and years of just getting tired of the the same old hip hop thing and wanting to add that extra heavy element to it and the industrial sound and just doing all those things, finding the tools, finding the plugins, finding the the keyboards that, that trigger these sounds. And, 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 and a lot of producers will film you when they say this, it, they become junkies in this fashion where they just, you got to do the homework and dig up these tools to yeah. find the sound you want. And it, it's, it's really just being a director. A lot of these directors, they already have the vision they want. And that, that goes back to what I said earlier with the vision thing. You've got to have the vision and then you, you got to know how to get these tools. I found these tools. This helps me make the sound I like. That's the transition so, is, is finding those tools. So you had a vision at some point that you wanted to make a sound more, more like what you're doing now. Yeah. So at, at some point, so to, to what was that point? Is there a specific moment for you or was it a, uh, or was it a transition over time where you started evolving? I think I think if I were to pick a year, I'd probably say like 2011 is when I sort of just said, you know what? Oh, the year of our Lord, 2011. Yeah. So so in 2011, that's when I sort of switched. What does that even mean? I don't even know. Well, okay. <laughs> all right. So 2011. What, what what was it? Where where were you? What was going on in your life? Maybe there was a a, a new. I just started. I yeah. just started getting in conversations with other other producers and other friends and stuff that I'd been working with, and I started just getting it intrigued with doing doing something completely out of the norm and just going completely crazy and and just going nuts. And and I didn't. I never really had a metal band. I always wanted to be in a metal band. I I just never had that happen. I never really had a, a team of people that wanted to do a diehard metal band. So I really like the idea of. I call it, you know, so when you hear a metal riff, like I like the idea of riffing with electronic instruments. So because I'm not a metal band, you can still riff out with synthesizers and distorted tools. You know what I'm saying? So like it's all relative how you look at it. Just I just personally like it. And I think that a lot came from the D&B thing is heavy riffing and, and you know, neck movement without being in an actual metal band. Right. 
So there, there was that's a, what it really is. There was an element that might have been missing, maybe that, something that hip hop kind of lacks in that time, yeah. where you were feeling like I need a little more oomph into what I'm doing. But I can't be in a metal band. But I can't play be in a metal. I band. I think you can. Well, I could, but I just it just never. Metal bands are not easy. I mean, you gotta you gotta have yep. the, the stars gotta be aligned, and you gotta everyone's gotta be on the same page. And and you spend, as you get older, you got family and kids and, and stuff. And it's and just, you spent all these years doing hip hop with a bunch of guys, and now these guys aren't together anymore. And so now, how do I make this new sound I want to make without anyone? Really, right? Yeah. And so there was a period of time in that that time frame where I was doing everything. I was going by. The, I was I was basically gonna create a Sean Grimm album because that's my real name. But I was going to do a Sean Grimm album, and then I, I met B-Lit. And unfortunately, he's not here tonight. But when I met him, this was He's about, not dead. You make it seem he, like he's dead. No, he's not here. He's just, uh, he's just at home. Okay, good. He had, <laughs> he had stuff to do tonight. But in 2000, I would say 2015 was when, when RTFO was kind of born. Yeah. Because that's when I was like, you know what? We're going, I'm, I'm just tired of everything. I'm tired of people bailing out. I had... I, I'm one of them cats where like just a lot of guys just bailed out, you know. They saw what I was doing, and a lot of guys were like, "That's just too much," or "Or I can't hang with that," or, or "And that's fine." So I ran solo. But when I met him, I was like, "You want to do this?" I was DJing in the Philippines in 2016, and we, you know, I was talking to him. I'm like, "Hey man, you want to ride with me?" Bam. Now we're just now we're like almost 25, 30 songs deep in RTFO, and I just. It's it's been some of the best music I've ever made, and I'm having the time of my life. And the the attitude has changed. Right. It's it, you know what I mean. You're, it, it's super fun to produce RTFO now. It's not just like oh, I got to go to the studio and make a song. It's like no, this is this is fucking fun. Yeah, you're you're you know? ma- you're making the sound you want to make, and you're doing it with with someone who is as des- dedicated as you are. And doesn't have the other obligations that other people may have had when you try to make music. Yeah. And so the drive is there between the two of you. And, and that's like, ga- you know, throwing gasoline on the fire, right? Like that just keeps Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And, and we both agreed that, you know, we want the music to have rap and we want the music to have screaming. We want the music to have industrial and metal elements and breakdowns and buildups and go nutsos and on stage everyone's just bouncing like waves you know we that's that's what it that's what it really is that's something i i want to i want to have happen you know that's that's the big vision so w- with that sound mike would you ever do a track with rtfo if they would have me yeah oh if they would have them I, maybe one day i think we talked about it right? I, I think i think mike could definitely do that i mean it's I, just, it, would, it would be good to see mike on that because i think what's great about the way mike sounds is mike sounds very versatile when he raps yeah, he, he doesn't sound like oh he belongs in this type of beat or that type of beat or that type of sound, right? He sounds very. I think I think I think it would actually be fun because it would be a challenge for you because I think you would have exactly. to try some new stuff vocally. Which why wouldn't you? Because you've been doing this shit for thousands of years, and you're one literally hell of, you're one hell of an actor, by the way. Well, and, and one hell of an old man. Uncle Dad is no, now he is. my agent. He's uh, getting me a booked on your album. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can okay. be his agent, too. It's fine. Okay. Well, Uncle Dad doesn't talk to me about that yet. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean... In the, in the, in well, again, Uncle Dad just did, so... <laughs> but yeah. I just did. Did. So now you got to fucking deal with it. <laughs> and we've got this paperwork right here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I already got a contract. That's already. what that briefcase was. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That wasn't just me being happy. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it just goes back to what we were talking about earlier when doing music with you over the years. Like, you kind of would present an instrumental or a beat or some music you made to me and it would be something new and you'd kind of push me. And I think 
I think that's one thing you're great at doing, even with Be Lit, is really pushing him and even yourself to to make this sound that's so big. Because like I feel like when we do tracks together for the Captain A Hole stuff, it's it's great. But like the stuff you're doing with the RCFO album, I mean, it's it, if I could describe it, other than rocking the fuck out, it's <laughs> it's. It's got a big sound. It belongs in a big stage Very with a much big so. crowd of people. Oh, totally. Yeah. And it's like, and, that's something I can and see. I, and like, I'm glad that you see that. And I appreciate I, that. That's, I see it. That's that's Because I see that too. Like, I, like, that's something like, you know, I've been to EDC. And for those who don't know what EDC is, it's probably like one of the biggest like, electro, you know, like EDM festivals out there. And I think EDC, like you fit perfectly there because it's like, yeah, yeah, it's not, you know, regular EDM, right? Or whatever you would call that. But it's... It's a sound that if I was there at a festival and you were opening up for, let's say, somebody, you know, not not to be rude, but somebody, you know, no, no, bigger. I, I don't shit. I'll open up any EDC. I don't give a shit. Like, because here's my thing. Like, I think I can see you 100% for like an opener as for, for Bass Nectar. Sure. Something like that. I love Bass Nectar. Because it's like, oh, fuck. This guy's already got me hyped. And then when we go to the bass, my face is going to melt, right? Yeah. Like, it's fucking amazing. And I think that's what you bring to the table. You bring to the table. It's like, you know what your music is? It's the fluffer. <laughs> Whoa! The fluffer okay. Never heard that. Of, the, of the hard drum and bass world. Okay. And for those who don't know what that is, I'm not going to say what that is. But you know, Google's there. You can Google it all you want, unless Mike wants to say what it is. I mean, I I would maybe describe it as. Oh, so you don't agree with my description? Uh, <laughs> so fuck you. Well, I mean, this is called Uncle Dad talks. So. I mean, I mean, I guess that's 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 what's great about music, right? Is everyone hears it and they have their oh, own absolutely, story absolutely. as to what it is, right? Then there's what the artist has their vision or or feeling of what it's supposed to be like when they put it out. Absolutely, and, and I think it's good. Like you, you could put a song out, and it doesn't have to be that for every person that listens to it. Each person can interpret it in their own way, right? Yeah. Right, like like. With, with your with the new RTFO songs, like them, the, the, you listen to it and it sounds very heavy and, and and like this big kind of industrial heavy metal slash EDM sound. But like what you're really telling people, and a lot of it is like get up, get out of bed, like go and 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 fight and fight and find your dreams and make it happen, right? Like it's very inspiring to people. Yeah, and 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 I think you just brought something up to my attention. Like for me personally. That was a big deal for me because I've dealt with being down in the dumps. I've dealt with being depressed and, and having some dark times. You know what I mean? And and instead of making songs that are talking about, I don't want to get out of bed, starting to get into this habit of like making songs that I want to get out of bed and punch through a window where it was a lot more fun to me. And And the message I leave behind, I think is cool because... I'm not leaving anything behind that's that's negative or or shitty. You know what I mean? It's it's all there's nothing. I don't. I like our music. I like what it's about. I like. I feel good about it. And I think that's a lot of why I probably am in a good place lately is because I like the formula and I like the energy. So when when uh, can we expect a RTFO album soon? Or? Yeah. So so we listen to turn the dial up. Uh, we have a four track EP coming through. Awesome. Um, I'd like to I'd like to take a quick listen to our next one right now. Yeah. Oh, I've right got a, now. I've got a sneak. It's I've exciting. got a. I've got a sneaky little a little sneaky peek. A little sneaky preview to okay. uh, our new track called Backdraft, which sneaky is peek. which is pretty fun. I can't wait to play it. If you guys want to play it now, we can play it now. Let's just play it now. Three, two, one, Let's and go. go. 
Turn it up. Turn it up. Heads down, 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 down. Get your horns up. Horns up. Horns up. Fired up when I'm ready to roll Third angle, grey angel Make mistakes and guts dangle No labels, no cables no cables. Turn it up to the rig bus Get your hands up and stand up It's not done till all this shit gets smashed up Put it up for this backdraft I flash back, light him up and get sideways Full speed on the highway Getting hit while I'm plugged in It's flooding in, flowing through my blood Ripping it up in position Strapped up, get ready for the backdraft Ripping right through When you think you got the pathway Read the game Then we focus on the next Wow, Jeff, I need you over here real quick Because I need you to hype that song up Jeff, hold on Jeff There you go Jeff And you boys might as well be camping Because that shit was intense Oh my lord, I couldn't say it better That was amazing Jeff, he's here all night Come visit him at Barbridge Clothing Store. I know, I'm about to get my sleeping bag oh, out. Oh man, right? I know. Jeff, that was funny as hell. Hey, so yeah, so that sound is is so in, intense. But like, so where does motivation for a song like that come from? That that BPM is about 150, which is which falls into like the trap dubstep category. So that's me hybriding on uh, that tempo with our sound. So I'm hybriding that market. And just, I don't know how to explain it, man. That's just, that's my own music. That's my vision. That's just how I want to hear it. And and with Brandon uh, screaming like that and everything going crazy, I just, I just, I don't know. So I feel like there's a, there was a trend at one point, not anymore, uh, that there was musicians, rock musicians, if you will, playing the world of industrial with rock and like rapping and you know what I mean? But it's nice because that, but that was so long ago. That was probably early two thousands. But it's like you're bringing back a sound, but you bring it back in a way where it's so much more aggressive and fun. It's fun, and I like to use the word fun a lot. I agree with that because I think the problem is you hear aggressive and people go, "Uh," but it's like no, it's aggressive and fun, and I think that's the thing that we're missing a lot. It's fun, and music right now just needs to be fun. I mean, in the world that we live in right now, with COVID, the election, yeah. everything, we just need fun. And I think that's a key and, to and, success. And that's, that's, I think you nailed it on the head, man, because, because like, I don't want music to be so aggressive that it, you're just being butchered. I don't want music to be too light to where it's just you're not getting any results in your progression. I just like, I just like making this sort of sound to where you can get the fuck down and just, I don't know, just, just. Well, hear, hear music in a hybrid fashion and go. I like, would love to work out to this music. And that's like, a big part know, of it. Yeah, I would, it, 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 feels, it feels like it pushes me to, to do more. It pushes me to like get up. It, it, yeah. it, it's not something, you're right, it's not something I would listen to and read the morning paper to. But I, I could, depending on. I mean, I yeah, have. I mean, you probably have. <laughs> That's kind of weird. <laughs> I, I watch. I, I, I listen to the news to this. I can watch the election to this. <laughs> that I definitely, yes, would agree with. <laughs> yeah. But so, so when 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 B Lit is screaming, I don't. I maybe screaming is the wrong word. But when he's, what is the process for that? 
for him? Like, is it, does he warm up like a, like a regular, regular, wrong word, but no, for real, like a they're, singer they're, would, is, is yeah. there like, yeah. like, how does that process work for something like that? When you're in the songwriting stage, you start to go, okay, this is where the screams go. This is where the, the raps go. This is where the singing go. You know, if there is a scream part, yeah, there's warm ups, and sometimes I scream too, and there's warm ups for me, and you want those warm ups. Do you cry? Excuse me? Do you cry? <laughs> every time. Every time? Yeah. Cries every time. No, I don't cry every time. There, there have been times where, you know, you, you get it, you get so into it that, you know, you, you start to, because when you're in the headphones, you start to really hear yourself in another way to where you kind of go, that isn't me, but it is you. Right. You have to be aware of that. But yeah, there's warm ups and be lit. Brandon, he don't he don't give a shit. Is that's who we are? I'm Sean. He's Brandon. Who cares? Hey, Sean, how you doing? But hey, Sean. but 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 be lit. Like he um he has a he has a really really dope uh ability to scream. He's got a and that's actually much harder than people realize. Oh yeah, you oh, think it's, you, it's just, incredibly you just hard. scream and and make a growling sound to the mic, but it's actually that's why I wonder. That's why I asked that question. Like, what's the pro? Because the process. Because it seems like. Oh, anyone could just go in there and no. scream on there. But to do it in the way he does it with the tone and, and, and to match the melody is, is, is an art. It's, it's two parts. It's, it's this, this thing in your neck right here is, your, is the box that, A, gives you the tone. Your diaphragm is what gives you the air. So those are two parts you have to master and create for a sound. Agreed. You know, so that's that's not easy for anyone. He just he just was one of those guys that I bumped into that had a lot of that screaming ability and power. He just never had a studio or, or producer like me to to try to mesh that with. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. In conclusion, there's warm ups to screaming. There's warm ups to a lot of these tracks. I mean, even when I'm doing rapping and stuff like that, I mean, there's still I'm still warming up and doing a karaoke track or you know, getting my voice ready and warm and cutty so that it cuts through. And there's a raspiness to the, to the voice that I like that I blend with plugins and stuff like that. So there's all, there's all that. Right. So, and we've got, we've got another one here. What's this, what's this track that you're going to play for us now? What, what's the basis? On so, one? so one of the originals that we started with, uh, is this track we, we wrote called I need it raw. And, uh, it's a song about oh. just no matter what it is, I need it raw every day. All what day. is it that you need raw? Everything. Oh, Everything. You name oh, it. Yeah. You name it, baby. I mean, why? Oh, is Mike's sexy voice coming out again? Yeah. Yeah, you name it, baby. I need it raw. Okay. Without further ado, here is I Need It Raw by RTFO. Right, I do need it raw. I appreciate that. Thank you. That was very good. Yeah, like that song. So 
when I hear that, the, the, the melody is what really stands out to me. So when you're make when you have a song like that, how does it come out? Like, do you have a melody in your in your head that you kind of hum to yourself, and then you flesh it out on the keyboard, or is it something like what's the process of of, of coming up with the melody like that? Yeah, I think that's exactly kind of what it is. I'm there's a lot of me over the years where I hear something in my head, and then I go sort of figure it out on the keyboard. Um, in that song, um, I was influenced by Prodigy. Prodigy is one of my favorite favorite bands from UK and uh that melody just I don't know it was in my head that day and I just was like oh, what are the notes what are the notes I figured out the notes and then boom here we are and, and so when you when you do the lyrics do you know what you're gonna say or is it more like you hum lyrics like how do the lyrics come after the melody or the, something like that the way the way a lot of our music works is sometimes there's not really lyrics right away a you want to get your beat going a you want to get your your energy going you know beat the beat is the energy vocals are all just frosting i did like frosting i i had to interject real quick when you brought prodigy i think that's a, a great reference because i that is totally the, a great similarity between you and prodigy and and prodigy has a breakbeat tempo that i'm really fascinated with that and if you guys know bpms i mean they're running a lot of 130 135 140 stuff that I'm really into, and so I'm I'm using a lot of those tempos too, but then hybriding it into the RTFO sound. For those who don't know who um, Prodigy Prodigy is, they have one of their most popular songs is "Smack My Bitch," yeah, uh, which is probably not acceptable nowadays. But back in the day, it was probably one of the biggest songs you would hear at most clubs, even huge, huge. basketball huge. games, absolutely uh, huge, yeah, everywhere you go. You would hear "Smack My Bitch" up at basketball games. You would games? hear the, the the beginning of that song a lot of times. If I had a nickel for every time I played that album growing up, I mean, I'd be rich. And, and that's now. insane to me. Like, and again, that shows like how we're changing, right? How we're right, always growing, as changing as 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 music is. That's right. But 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 case in point, uh, uh, in answer to your question, just yesterday I had I had this thing rolling through my head, and I was like, you know what, I got to get this out. Sat down, started working it out, got it on the table, getting it in front of me, making it physical. Yeah. I would imagine in your, in your iPhone or whatever, you've got a, a folder where there's just like you humming these, some kind of melody just to capture that sound so that you could later flesh it out into an actual beat, music, uh, instrumental. Yeah, there's, there's a big part of my music where you find the rhythm first and then you add the lyrics second. And I don't want to give away too many secrets, but yeah, you tell you, me your secrets. Yeah, you you, you want to? I mean, I'm a big rhythm groove guy. I know some of your secrets. Yeah, so finding rhythm and groove, I think, as a a good producer can take a thing in his head, like you're saying, yeah, and then paint it on a, a physical canvas on a, in a studio, sure. and and know how, and but you have to know how to get it, and that's where the whole trial and error thing I talked about earlier comes in. Right. And yeah, so it, it's easy for anyone to just sit down and, and throw some stuff together, but, but to have a, a sound that comes to you at a certain point and then somehow create a whole a, a track, just like you did there, there, there has to be a very intentional piece, right? The cool thing about that song is the magic of it, in my, in my opinion, was I had the beat going, B Lit was walking by in the in in the house, and I was just like in my head I was like, I need it raw, and I was trying to think about it, 
And I looked at him. I'm like, hey, can you come in here and yell, I need it raw in your style? So and, really quickly, if someone just asked you that, hey, can you yell, you, I need it raw? Well, I mean, he, we, I mean, he, he does, he just does that. I mean, we just do that. But oh, we just but yell in, shit. <laughs> but in that, no, but in that case, I was like, hey, can you, can you do your scream style into that? We didn't know what we were going to say to that song. We sure. didn't know it was I Need It Raw. We, it was just dun, 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 We didn't know what I could have said. I like pizza now. I mean, I, don't, I could have said anything. But I like that. I need it raw. And then and having him come in and layer that, we looked at each other. We were like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and that's, what, that's my favorite part about the studio. And I was, telling, I was telling Captain about this a long time ago. One of the best things in the studio is when you're making that new shit, and everyone looks at each other and they're like, this is that hot, hot shit. That's, that is the vibe I live for. I, I, yeah, it's funny you bring that you up. You know what I mean? Uh, I was just talking about that last night with, with Luke, here, who's here in the shop, that when you're making a song and you know that you've made a hit song and you're in the studio and you hear it and you feel it and everything clicks, do you know like this is going to be fire? As compared to like, yeah, this is a great song. It'll be on the album. Or this is like a smash hit. Everybody knows. Yeah. Everybody knows. It, you can feel it. Everybody knows. Now, this next song that you have here, what's explaining me a little bit about that? This, is a, this is a track we're, we're going to put out called Fix. Fix is about, I need my fix as far as um, the hybrid sound. I need my musical fix. I need okay. my... I need these elements, I need this, I need that, I need these vocals, I need this style, I need this, and that's the fix. Okay. Um, it's not necessarily a drug-related thing, it's more of a... I mean, a, nobody thought that until a, you said that. Well... <laughs> no, I never I never think about drugs. I'm just... Yeah. I never think about drugs. I could see how this song would actually go with that, and I, and I, and I can't stop that from happening, but the song is definitely about me as, as a person saying, I need, my, I need my musical fix, I need my hybrid blending, I need my genre, I need, I need to go. And, and that's, that's what it's that, about. That's also like what we were talking about earlier, where you, the musician, has your your thought about what makes why you're making the song, but you leave it open to people to to who are listening to it to interpret it the meaning themselves. Right? You can you can perceive anything I'm throwing out there the way you want, whatever. I'm that's something that um, that's the artistry of behind what I do. That's amazing. So without further ado, here's RTFO Fix. appreciate that thank you so much for sharing that with us yeah i don't know i just i just want to say like the the sound that you have in there is is it's such a big sound again like i can't i can't keep expressing it like 
I, I feel like I, I do it a disservice if I'm not listening to it very loud. Would you, would you agree? Like your music's meant to be played loud, right? I, I think it should be played loud. Yeah. Like, like I could see that b- before a Sacramento Kings game or something just to get yeah. the crowd hyped up, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny you say that because we were actually working on a song for the Sacramento Kings. But yeah. It's, oh, it's, really? Yeah. It's called Sacktown. We can we can play that too if you'd like, but yeah, that 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 whole sound as a whole, as we've been listening to, is is what it's about, you know. And these are all relative. I mean, this is it's about bangerang, Peter. You know, let's go. So so now I have to ask you because we haven't brought this up yet. Where can our audience listen to your music? So those tracks we played, um, I don't have a release date yet. Those yet. some okay. of those are going to be on the EP coming out. Those will all be on my Spotify link. The Spotify channel you want to visit is just type in RTFO. And we'll have that attached to this uh, podcast as well. It's, we'll go ahead it, and just say it's it. all linked to Apple Music, Amazon Music, uh, Spotify. If you just type in RTFO, turn the dial up is our big uh, single release on those those locations. You can you can download, you can play, add them to your playlists. Uh, right now, we're really excited about building great, great playlists with with people and trying to network a uh, a radio station and things awesome. like that through spotify and you guys say, know how this goes i mean the more the more uh the more listeners and the more followers the better so absolutely and, and also on spotify like mentioned earlier if you go to captain asshole on spotify mm-hmm. you can hear a lot of stuff that grim's produced uh for me over yeah. the years yeah now one of the things we always talk about we bring it up almost every time we talk about captain asshole just know when you listen to Captain Ahole, it's not going to be the same experience as Mike in your face singing it for you. Yeah, but it's pretty close. <laughs> it's pretty close. <laughs> yeah, if you turn it up loud enough, it's, and then, it's pretty and, close. And drink some, you know, what should they drink when they listen to it? Everything. Yeah, whatever you got. <laughs> whatever you got, just drink <laughs> just, it. Drink everything. Yeah. Just I make like sure it. you pour it in the cup and not all over the tablecloth. Well, maybe eventually. Yeah. After you're too drunk. Yeah. So I thought it. I I was thinking that. It'd be fun to show the listeners, Grim, and I don't know what you thought about this. Let's give them a sample of, since we talked about the history yeah. and the progression and, and like and, and listening to your newest stuff and thinking about where we started to listen to one of our oldest tracks. And I thought that uh, Spit would be a fun song to play for for some of the people. What do you think about that? Like that original one from the Halo album? Yeah, from, and we recorded that in probably... 99 or 2000. Was this recorded in a bedroom? It was recorded in a hallway. hallway. No no way. It was a hallway? Well, okay, so... Tell the story about that real quick. a hallway with a sliding door. Yeah, paint a picture. Like, we we had this little hallway that was, I don't know, four foot by four foot, and there was a sliding door that kind of came out of the wall and the microphone. And so we kind of made our own little soundproof by closing all the doors, closing all the hallway. doors, and it when it ran into a uh, a Tascam, I love that eight track. It was a four track, four, tra- four track, I'm sorry, four wow. track, four track, yeah, uh, cassette recorder, yeah, wow, yeah, and you could add like reverb and stuff to this mixer. It was super old school, but we we pulled it off. I mean, we did what we could with and our so tools. So we're going to listen to that right now. Yeah, spit. Yeah, so all let's right. take let's take a listen to that. And and as a listener, you know, in this in this interview, listen to. Listen to the A and B on, on all this stuff. It's just super fascinating because I do it all the time. So, so really quickly, some of our audience might know what, not know what that means. So what's A and B? A and B means like then and now or before and after. Before and after, compare and contrast. You know, it's like it's awesome. just simple, you know. But, 
but yeah, listen to the old to new. It's okay. It's something I look at as a as a individual. Like it means a lot to me to to hear what he's talking about, and then hearing you know I need it raw and things like that. Yeah. Now here's us in a closet or a hallway. And without further ado, here is the Halo Crew with spit Hip-hop, you can suck my dick Cause why you hip-hopping? I'm thug-popping And you spending all your time With your fucking club-hopping Nigga, fuck yourself Fuck your bitch Fuck the clique you with Matter of fact, ain't None of y'all fuck with my clique As we do a fucking thing Like they hang Gang, bang Motherfuckers wild Hop for the set that we claim Halo group, Halo thug Halo film, goddamn Beware Put my group when we chillin' out there Cause this shit is real Cousin, and we thumpin' And we grindin' Mr. Brown, put it down Motherfucker, I ain't lying Hey, yo Wow, what a blast from the past that was. Uh, but I can only imagine. How do you feel, Mike? Please. Well, yeah, I mean, just, just listening to that compared to songs like Fix and the, and the other stuff we played, I mean, it's pretty obvious the the difference in quality, sound, content, everything. And, and not to take anything away from what we did when we were 20, but, you know, we might as well be recording on a tape recorder or something, right? Which we were. Essentially, yeah. Um, so it's just cool to hear like the fact that we were recording like that and and putting that out, and then now here we are doing songs like like this. I mean, I went to school for audio. You went to school, you know. I I I I I got I went to school because I was tired of that quality. You went to a recording school. Yeah, I went to a recording college. Recording college. And how was your DJ? It's great. Yeah, how great. Well, yeah, and, and, and it's obvious you went to college because I can see it in your portfolio. Absolutely. But the bottom line is, is I think I think what I would like to say to that song is like, obviously that's us diving in. You know what I mean? And and that's it takes diving in to know where the flaws are. Great. Yeah. You can't just you gotta you gotta get dirty and figure out where your problems are. Dude, I okay. You know what I mean? I'm gonna stop him real fast and just say that's where problems. it goes. I love that because it's like a lot of people. So from my understanding, from different people who have spoken to me, they listen to our show, right? And they're like, you know what? It makes me want to do a podcast because you've proven, proven that we can do that. Yeah. And just to what you're saying, it's dead on. It's like, it doesn't matter if it's music. It doesn't matter if it's podcasting. Just fucking, like, you, the way you put it was so perfect. And I think that's what we need to look at it as. And that's what we did. And that's what I like about having friends like like him and, and, and all my other friends where it's like, yeah. you just, you you know, even if you scrape your knee and you're like, hey, that didn't work, the next one's going to be dope. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. the best part about being human in general, right? It's like you're able to learn from anything. The cool thing is it's, we've got the – we can go and listen to what we were doing. And so we can yeah. – we can it's not like seeing it, but, but there's a spectrum where we can listen. And, and it's almost like here's what we were doing. Here's what we're doing now. Here's what we were talking about 20 years ago. Here's what we're talking about now. Right. So it, it's kind of like, but it's also kind of like a diary, right? Like, yeah. what were we doing then? And now here's what we're doing. And what a spectrum, by and the way. Pe- I mean, you're talking like a 20 year spectrum. And there's proof. It's crazy. So let's talk about the future. 
We talked about RTFO. We talked about the past. Now let's talk about the future. What is happening with the future? I'm going to actually hand it over to Mike first. Mike, we've talked about it on the show once or twice, but I guess we can go in more detail about it now. Uh, Mike, what's the future hold for you and Grim? So, I'm, yeah, I'm excited because one of the things that we're doing at Uncle Dad is releasing some of the songs that Grim and I have done over the years on a record, like a record album. Yes. Like a, a vinyl record album. A vinyl record album. Yes, we, uh, we talked about this briefly, but we can officially really push it now. Sometime in the quarter one or quarter two of 2021, Uncle Dad will be hitting the record store and we are going to be releasing our first vinyl. Tell me the idea of the first one. I can't say greatest hits, because technically I haven't had any hits. No, I like the idea of this. Captain A's lunch bag. We'll talk about it. Cap Cappy's faves. <laughs> we'll figure it out. So okay. it's essentially Clearly you don't like that, so that's okay. <laughs> essentially it's 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 a collection of maybe the best songs that we've recorded over the past twenty. Yeah, well right? why don't we sit down and we'll pick we'll pick some of our top faves and we'll Yeah, we'll have a meeting. Yeah, we'll call it Cappy's lunchbox or we'll, something. See, that's what I'm saying. Lunch idea, lunch something. That's the that's the word we should go. It's anytime is lunchtime. We'll call it lunch with captain. Lunch with captain. And, and what we've a already date. actually what a date. And we've already actually... <laughs> what a um, date. A delicious date. Delicious date. The sneak is that Grimm's actually already done some remixing and remastering of a couple of the old songs. Yes, I'd like to talk about those too when we... Oh, and later on, but I, wanna, I, wanna, I definitely want to showcase those because those are cool. So before we do, I just want to bring up, like, yes, that is official. Uh, we are going to release a vinyl. We haven't got the name down yet, but we are releasing our first vinyl, quarter one, quarter two. It is going to be out online-only sales. We're not going to do any store sales. Pre-ordering will be coming very soon, and once I get that up, I will let everybody know. And, Mike, I'd probably say in about two or three episodes, we'll have a pre-order link available. That'd be great. And then we're going to start getting that going. Uh, but I can't stress this enough. Everything we do is for passion. Everything we do is for love. And we wanted to get up. But, you know, we do got to pay bills. And the way we pay bills is that you need to either buy an album, buy a comic book. Look, if you can't afford an album, I'll be honest with you, they're probably going to cost about 30 bucks each. But they're going to have something very special. And I think, Mike, we can go ahead and just say what that is. Yeah. What that is is each vinyl is going to have – Graham, are you ready for this? I'm ready. Each vinyl will have a hand-drawn cover by the man himself, Cap himself. I'll draw a cartoon person on the cover. Can you draw me? I can draw you as a cartoon person. If you pay for it. We can do it. Yeah, that's a great idea, Grim. And in fact, we figured this out. If you purchase the album. I purchase your album? I can, you can purchase my album okay. and I'll draw you as Love a cartoon to. person on the album. I actually will double down on that. So Uncle Dad officially will say, if you pre-order the album pre. only. Only pre. If you pre-order... My man, post. the cap himself, Mike Hampton, will basically do a caricature yeah. of you on the album. What other album has that? I don't think any I does. don't think anything. I don't think anybody. So, boom. That's the reason. Wow. That, pre that pre-order link will be up very soon, about two to three weeks. Once we announce that, we're going to do a whole thing about it. And, yeah, so get excited. Get amped for that. Get, you know, hey, in the words of our guest, rock the fuck out. It's going to be amazing. Rock the fuck out, I'm about to take my shirt off. Take your shirt off. Take your shirt oh, off. Take off your shirt. We encourage it. <laughs> take your shirt off and flip a pizza while you're doing with it because it's going to be amazing. Take it all off. So I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt, but that's what I wanted to officially announce. Two or three weeks. Get ready. Uh, Grim, go ahead and continue what you were saying. You wanted to bring up something? No, I'm just saying uh, we've, got, we've got a few things going on with, uh, with Captain's old stuff that we made. We've, I've remixed some things and mastered. I'd like to get those showcased. And this next four-track EP that RTFO is going to release, um, I'll definitely keep in touch with you and everybody and, 
it'll all be still connected to that Spotify link that I talked about earlier because it's all, it's all going to go into there anyway. So yeah, I'd like to do that. And and down the road, Uncle Daddy, uh, we should Uncle Daddy. We <laughs> that's new. That, that's, that's new. The new. That's the new thing. So okay, Uncle Daddy. Yeah. Let's uh let's get let's get some of that stuff on vinyl too. I'd be excited to the do the RTFO? Yeah. That E that EP I would love to get that going. What is that? Four tracks? If we do if we do the four tracks plus the the single, yeah, dude, let's let's frame that and get we it going. We might uh we might do that. Like that could be a good uh non mic release. I think I, that would be I'm totally Cuz everything everything can't be about mic. No. I can't. I can't. Oh, this isn't this pressure. wasn't about Mike tonight? No, it's not. It's not. Oh. It's actually called Uncle Dad Talks, not oh, Mike Talks. Oh, okay, Uncle Dad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mike likes to think it's about him, yeah. but uh, it's not. It's not about me. No, it's not. Um, so, yeah, with all that future uh, growing, and, you know, that's a good idea, and I think we will talk about that, about the, having an RTFO vinyl on. Just, just food for thought. It doesn't have to be right you know, away. I'll think about it. I'll think about it. I like it. That. What I really just enjoy about having you here and Mike here at the same time, it's like when you know somebody for so long, there is just something special about that. And I think... There's a lot of friendships that don't don't last that long anymore, especially in the world of the internet, right? And I think having a friendship as long as you guys have had, it's like you guys are uh, a lethal weapon. What is it? Uh, you are... Um, Danny Glover. Danny, who's Danny Glover in the group out of you two? Definitely Mike. Yeah. I, He's the black guy. Mike is not a black guy, but he is Danny Glover for sure. And I would probably say you're Mel Gibson. <laughs> He's definitely Mel Gibson. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't seen Luther Webb, go watch it because it's amazing. If you haven't I've... heard the Mel Gibson tapes uh, to his ex-wife, you need to listen to those. Those are amazing. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I just want to say, hey, man, I, I'm super, super ecstatic to be here. This, is, this shop is dope. First time being here. Thank you for having me on the show. I love, I love these chats. I think it's, this has been something I've always wanted to chat about on a, on a show. I don't think... I've ever really gone this far with history, and so I really appreciate that. I think it's been really cool. We appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate you just having you on and being a part of this. And uh, but, Mike, before I give you the last words, you gotta pay bills real quick. So, Mike, you write comic books. You love comic books. The best place to get your monthly subscription of mystery comic books is multiversecomicbox.com. Do you remember that? Yeah. Awesome. What's so great about that? What's so great about getting monthly comics? Well, I think the amazing thing about it is you can sign up for a different level of what, whatever you want to pay. And whatever you want to pay, that's kind of your level of box that you get. And you don't know what's in there. It's like Christmas any day you want. Every month it's like Christmas. Who doesn't? Grim, don't you want Christmas every month? Pretty, I want it every day. Every day. And the best part is we can save you some money. Uncle Dad. 10 will give you 10% off your first month subscription. And that's basically your free comic book. I mean, in the world of comic books now, Mike, you know, it, it, they are pretty expensive every week. So get the one, get the box that fits your budget for the price that you want. And the best part is save some money. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with saving money? Nothing is wrong with that. Nothing. Real quick. One last thing. If, if anyone has any questions for me or wants to get in touch with me about anything, hit me up at RTFO life at Gmail. I can talk to you about anything or how to direct you to getting anything. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. Just wanted because, to put a contact out there. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. So what are your social media handles? Uh, you can catch me on uh, Instagram right now. That's my big one. Uh, it goes by Gremlin, G-R-I-M-L-1-N. 
Uh, it shows a lot of uh, what I got going on. But music, yeah, stay in touch with the uh, the Spotify. And uh, I do have a SoundCloud. A lot of that stuff isn't really uh, out for um, permanent show yet. So, but yeah, just just stay in touch with me, and uh, I can I can keep you in, in tune with all the releases and all the dates and things coming out. So, would you say email is the best choice? Email would be probably the good choice. Okay. If you catch me on Facebook, it's under Sean Grimm. But yeah, just hit me up on email, rtfolife at gmail.com. Please, uh, all the Uncle Dad fam, go out there, email him. Email him a dick pic. That'd be cool. That'd be funny. Sure. <laughs> email him a dick pic, and the first one to do that, I will send you... A pizza. <laughs> I will send you a signed Mike Hampton Guide to Dating, because I still have a couple of those left. So... Oh. If you can send Grim a dick pic and he lets me know, Jesus Christ, I will send you a custom signed uh, guide to dating. Okay. So, and I'm not joking. I will do it. And I better not get like a flood of dick pics. <laughs> well, the first one you get wins. So. I don't want to send them all to the trash, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, without further ado, thank you so much, Grim, for being here. It's been a blast. You got it, man. I love uh, you guys. And again, we are at the amazing Barbridge clothing store. Uh, Mike, tell them again where to go for Barbridge. Barbridge.com or come to the shop and we're at 5540 College Avenue. But yeah, we're right. We're steps away from the Rockridge Bart and it's a, it's a vibe. Yeah, please come on down. Buy some hats. Buy some patches. Buy some artwork. Come have a good time. And you may catch us doing a podcast here. You right? actually might. We do it in the store. This is no joke. We do it in the store. And I think Graham took some great pictures. And they might be on your social media? Yep. We'll post it on the social media. Awesome. So you can see some behind-the-scenes footage. And you might even see my face, and that's very rare. Uh, Graham, thank you again. Thank you, guys. Mike, thank you again. And remember, everybody, it's, it's a very difficult time right now. We have a lot of emotions running. Just remember one thing. Love each other. Respect each other. And we'll see you next week.